Welcome to the LBCF podcast. Our vision is to learn to live and love like Jesus, where we live, work, and play. To find out more about our community, you can visit us at lbcf.org. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by this teaching from our community. Good morning. For all of you at home, everybody behind the camera right now is just chatting it up. So, um, Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> Hi. It's the same authority that I have in my own house when I'm like, let's do something, and I walk out the door, and I'm the only one. Yeah, no one's following me. Good morning, everybody. Let's see. Bonnie, how's, how's the audio out there? Can you hear me? No, you can't. Well, now I'm confused. <laughs> Brian Douglas, how is the audio? Is it good? All right. I'm not calling you out, although I kind of am. <laughs> yeah, it's Ryan. It's always him. Okay, good morning, everybody. My name's Ryan. I'm the teaching pastor here at LBCF, and it's really awesome to have all of you here, a lot of new faces, and we make sure to put all the new people in the blazing sun. Um, I actually said, let's make today be as uncomfortable as possible so that next week it's even better when we go inside. The contrast will be so drastic. So I've scheduled some like power outages and the sound's going to be awful. So, so that next week it'll be fantastic. Um, if any of you were here on Friday night, Jason led us in a night of worship. It was fantastic. Um, we want to make that something that we do regularly. Those are amazing opportunities to come and just be blessed, to not have to. Uh, church can often be a place where you are challenged a lot. By the way, did anyone else notice a pew in the front? So we have... We have very we have people committed to the tradition of the church and and they they're all about it so they brought a pew to church today and I never know what's going to happen at church when I come and seeing them carry a pew was not something um Sorry, I'm also not somebody that sticks to one point for too long. So the worship nights, that's what I was talking about. Uh, we're going to have a lot more of those. And so make sure to be tuning in to what we send out in our newsletter and on our Facebook. Uh, we try to make sure that everybody that can participate with those things does it. I saw a video of uh, Rob. Where's Rob Tucker? Right there. Weren't you playing in a band on Friday night too? I think I saw a video He's playing a Journey cover song, and I was like, they're actually crushing it right now. Sounded so good. So um, we have a lot. Of, I'm going to stay on task today. Um, I'm going to go back to my notes. Okay. At LBCF, we are a church learning to live and love like Jesus. You may have seen that on the freeway sign. That's, our, that's one of our guiding pieces here that, that we have is that we are learning to do that each week and that that would live out where we live, work, and play, and that we do that by embracing the slow life, the generous life, and the grounded life, and that we have some new vision language, some, some things that we want to be true about us here, that at LBCF we are committed to a widening table, a table wider than any of our imaginations and our imagination would be constantly surrendered to, shaped by, and expanded in Christ. 
That is a much longer piece of vision language, but we want to, we want that to be true about us, that our table is widening to allow in more people than even our imaginations can hold. We are in a new series today called What Are We Talking About? And for, for so many of us, words are something that can mean uh, a lot of things. And especially in our faith, words have, have the ability to draw people in that we might actually want to keep at a distance because we share the same words. Or it might keep people at a distance that we should be closer to. Because words can be very tricky things. And I think especially when so much of our life over the last year has been lived online, a lot of what we have are words. And if we don't know what we're talking about, if you don't know what you're talking about when you use these words, if we don't know, or if we don't even come to the understanding that when other people that share the same values or claim to share the same values, that there's actually something really tricky happening there with the words that we use. We need to make sure that us as a community understand that what, what we mean by what we say. And so we have a lot of words that we'll be covering, um, things that if you go on to lbcf.org, you can look at our values and you'll see things like abundance, ambassador, adoption, slow life, grounded life, generous life, and words that we might take for granted, like the priesthood of all believers, baptism, salvation, forgiveness, discipleship, justice, peace, and love. These are words that, um, even though we might all use them, what we mean by them needs to be understood. And so I want to share a, s a story as we start, because today um, I just decided to tackle the easiest one, Christian which mean, which e it's super clear for everybody. And if it's not, you'll leave here. It'll be, it'll be clear. There won't be any confusion. Um, I'm not very good with my sarcasm tone away from my normal tone. I'm working on it. That was full sarcasm tone because I promise it's not going to be super easy after we leave here. But I worked at a Christian bookstore. Um, and for those of you that know me, that may seem like a really bad fit for me, but um, I worked there when I was in college, and I remember I would be restocking these posters that were like, if, and if you didn't have Christianity as a part of your culture when, uh, like in the 90s and the early 2000s, this may not make any sense to you, but there were posters that said, if you like Metallica, you'll love Petra, or if you love 311, you'll love whatever. And it was just like the Christian translation of like, if you like this good music, give this bad music a chance. Like, <laughs> like, like try it out. But, um, and, and I would also be restocked and I was kind of like, okay, like I can get why people would want that, but why would you need a poster? Um, and then uh, I would be restocking things like like, why Rob Bell is the devil? And then it was also like, there was this whole section of like, Rob Bell section in the same store. And I'm like, I don't fully get what we're doing here. And then there would be like, like big, like ornate statues of eagles. And I'm like, is this a Christian thing? I don't, so I was so confused by all of the things that were branded with Christianity. And I realized, oh yeah, Christian is a term that we use to assign extra value to something to market it. And I was like, oh, I don't like that very much. 
So then it became really clear when I worked at a Christian music label in L.A. that that's exactly what was happening with this word. I would overhear meetings of people that were talking about music that, and I feel pretty comfortable saying, was objectively bad. And they were like, well, we could get a couple albums out of it. They have the right look. We can market it to this particular group of people. The word Christian became something that we assign, that we put on something to assign arbitrary extra value to it. And it actually had nothing to do with the quality of the thing it was talking about. It became something of a marketing tool. And so when we start talking about the word Christian, we have to be really cautious of what kind of world we are walking into when we start talking about that because and also, we are all just going to be blinded and cooked. You're all going to get your vitamin D. But um, that there is a way that we have to understand to talk about this going forward. And I want to start first by having a prayer for humility. Because I know for me, I may come up here and present like, oh, that's not my temptation. There's a, there's a passage in Luke. Um, and I want to make sure that we kind of call it out before we start, because um, in Luke 18, there's this, there's this story of a Pharisee coming up for prayer. And he says, God, I thank you that I am not like the other people. The robbers, the evil doers, the adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. And before we start talking about this, it can be really easy for us to enter into that judgmental place of, oh, I'm doing it right, and it's all those people that are screwing it up. And God is constantly calling us to place ourselves into a humble posture, say, shape me. If at any point today you sense in your heart you start, this becomes about other people, this becomes about those people, this becomes about other Let's, let's all, including me, needing to step back and be like, Lord, where am I being transformed in this? What do you want me to do? Because if church becomes a place where you come and learn about how everybody else is wrong and you're always the hero, then church is a big waste of time. We're coming to be transformed by our relationship in Christ. So, Lord, would you shape us today? Would you start by shaping me? Lord, would I be able to look at my own stuff first. So, amen. How do we relate to and respond to the word Christian when it means so many things? Do we avoid it? Do we retract from it? Do we embrace it? Do we abuse it? Do we reform it? Or do we refuse it? There's some texts that I want to guide our time as we talk here today. Uh, Joel 2.32 says, And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Acts 2.21, quoting Joel, And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10.13, And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, it seems like it's pretty obvious, right? Everybody. But in Matthew 7, 21, it says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons 
and in your name perform many miracles, and then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. In the King James, if that's something that you're really passionate about is having to use that translation, it says, workers of iniquity. The New American Standard says, those who practice lawlessness. So what does that mean then? Because it, seem, it seemed pretty clear, right? It seemed like those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Jesus said, there's going to be a lot of people that call on my name that I'll say, away from me, you who practice lawlessness. So there's something about calling upon his name that has to include doing the will of the Father in order for it to mean anything. Because if not, Jesus says, I never knew you. So there is something really important about the words that we use being attached to the life that we have. And he said, you who practice lawlessness, which I thought is kind of interesting because these are the people who were actually leaning on their law keeping as though that was the way they earned their righteousness. Their law keeping was something that they were leaning on. And he said, these are people who are actually practicing lawlessness. And so there's a law that we will lean on. There's always a sense in which everybody else's sin, everybody else's stuff is the bad stuff, right? We are, I'm always the exception to the rule. So I can call somebody out on idolatry, but I would never want somebody to place that in the same, like, ugly term as lazy on this, right? Because that's my stuff. I might be lazy, but it's not as bad as these other people that do these things. And Jesus is saying here that there's something about you having to look at what's happening in your life. And so I want to go on to hold that while we move now to Acts 11. So if you have a Bible or you're at home, you can check this out and keep me accountable. Acts 11, verse 25, it says, So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. So let's, let's kind of slow that down and realize what we just read. They were, they were first called Christians. They didn't have a meeting to discuss vision or language or what the term they were going to call themselves. They lived as close to the life and the person of Christ as possible, and everybody that saw them called them Christians. So in 2008, if you would have come up to me while I was trying to woo Vanessa by playing my guitar and said, you're like a little John Mayer. I would have said, good, that's exactly what I'm trying to be right now. So I would have tried to embody this thing. And if you would have come up to me and said, you're like a little this, that's a, you remind me so much of this person that I just have to call you like, you're like a cloned stamp of that. If you would have come up, to, I would have taken that as a prideful thing and been like, yeah, that, that's great. Actually, this morning as I was tuning her acoustic, Rob was teasing me, and he was like, oh, we got John Mayer up there. And I was like, that's exactly what I want to be. You nailed it. So they didn't call themselves anything. They called themselves the people of the way. They were only concerned with Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life, and they just wanted to be people who were about that. 
So when it says that they were first called Christians, I want to I want to back up and remember that what this word can mean for so many people, I've had very complicated interactions with people that I love and care about that I actually think would be transformed in the most beautiful way through a relationship with Jesus, but they won't have anything to do with it because of the history that they have with that word in their life. They won't hear it. They don't even want to talk to me about that stuff regardless of the fact that they have told me, you're a lot different than my experience with Christianity. And it's broken my heart because there's a divide in what they will even hear from me. That what I want to do and what I hope we will do at LBCF is that we will, we will learn how to manage that word so that we aren't the end goal of people seeing Jesus, that our lives point people to him. Because if everybody looks at any one of us and says, that's the only, like I've heard it said before, you may be the only Jesus anyone ever sees, right? I've heard that from people, and I go, well, why does it have to be that way? If you have that relationship with that person, point them to Jesus. Use that relationship. Do everything you can to, to emulate this life of Christ, but ultimately, we need to get to the place where we are pointing people to the source, so Richard Rohr, uh, as he was quoting a church historian, Diana Butler Bay, said, throughout the first five centuries, people understood Christianity primarily as a way of life in the present, not as a doctrinal system, an esoteric belief, or a promise of eternal salvation. By following and acting, by, by followers enacting Jesus' teaching, Christianity changed and improved the lives of its adherents and served as a practical spiritual pathway. The way, and the earliest Christians were called the people of the way, bettered existence for countless ancient believers. So I want to share one more story um, as we get to the kind of what do we do about this? Because really all I've come up here and is that it's it's complicated and it's like yeah everyone knows it's complicated that's that's not news that's not like of course when i put it out there and i asked people on our facebook like what does this word mean for you nobody responded with the it means little christ or like christ because everybody knows when i ask you what does that word mean for you everybody here knows it's really a complex thing to, to try and have a conversation when somebody comes up to you and says, are you a Christian? Because our first temptation is to say, what do you mean by that, right? What does that word mean for you? Because before I answer that, does that mean the Christian that was in the Crusades or the Christians that uh, bomb abortion clinics? Or is that the Christian that holds up signs that says you're going to hell? Or is that the Christian that starts hospitals? Or is that the Christian that pursues justice and peace? What do you mean? Because that word can mean a lot of things. And so um, I was in college. I went to uh, this really nice country club called Big Canyon Country Club in Laguna. And a friend of mine whose dad was a member there was able to get me in and I uh I showed up and I had my shorts and flip-flops which is like my 95 percent of the year wardrobe and um I show up and I met at the bottom of the stairs by somebody who works there 
<laughs> it just turned me around and they go, you have to put on these kinds of shoes. You need to wear these kinds of pants and tuck in your shirt and you need to turn off your phone. And there was all these rules growing up in Bishop. I'm not used to rules at a golf club. I'm like, isn't that where people drink beer and drive a golf cart around? Like, isn't that how it works? So I'm there with him and I'm at this super swanky club and I get turned around. So I have to go change and I come back. But once I was in, oh man, they stack up your golf balls into a pyramid for you and they clean your golf clubs while you're like on the <laughs> driving range. And I'm like this, I didn't, I almost didn't even feel comfortable. It was that nice. I clearly should not be allowed into that place. They were right at first to turn me around, but I was, I realized that once I was in, it's like, oh, they had a really good barbecue chicken pizza. I was drinking Greyhounds while I was on the putting green. It was fantastic. So I realized though that like, oh, there's that barrier that once you get in, oh man, it's really nice. But imagine if they would have stopped me at the bottom and said, turn around, you have to do these things. But I look behind them and everybody there is doing whatever they want. What would that do to me? And I think that we need to stop and say, when we tell a lot of people that Christianity means that you live this way, that you emulate Christ, but then they look past you and they look at what has the church been about? What has their history of Christian experience been? And they look beyond you and they see what's behind you. That's really confusing to see that we tell people Christian means somebody who really aims to follow Christ. But then they look at what people ha who have called themselves that have done in history to them personally. And they almost can't even see you. And so I think that there's a, um, there was two people, uh, there's a, YouTube show called Good Mystical Morning. I don't know if any of you have ever seen that, but the hosts of that were, were talking about why have people been leaving the church? And they pointed out something that I thought was really beautiful. It said, because we've actually taught people to take Jesus seriously. And when you teach people to take Jesus seriously, and in their context, they see that that's not happening they would rather go follow Jesus. And so I asked at the start, what do we do with this term, Christian? What do we do when it is that complicated? Because we have a temptation to look at others judging them. And, it, and I want to read something from Amos 5 really quick. And then I'll get to my closing. All right, so Amos 5 says, woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. Why would you have the day of the Lord? It is darkness and not light. As if a man fled from a lion and a bear met him or went into the house and leaned his hand against the wall and a serpent bit him. It is not the day of the Lord, darkness and not light and gloom with no brightness in it. I hate, I despise your feasts and I take no delight in your solemnness assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the peace offerings of your fattened animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs to the melody of your harps. I will not listen, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. It's 
one of those nice encouraging, now go hang out with your family verses, huh? Jesus and God seem really committed to the fact that if you want to claim this name, let other people call you that. You be focused on showing up, living as Christ-like as you can, and let that disrupt. My phone is like so dark, I have notes on here. Um, So, do we avoid, do we retract, do we embrace, abuse, or refuse this? So my suggestion, if somebody asks you if you are a Christian, let that be a tool that points both of you to look at the person of Jesus Christ. Let that be a tool. Let that be a moment where rather than trying to, uh, to answer all of their questions or compare yourself to other people that don't live the way that you do, let that be a moment where you say, let's look, let's see. Let's look at the Jesus that we're talking about and see if that actually lines up. I've learned to use the phrase, I'm trying. I'm trying to. And I hope that that could be enough. Because when we say, I'm trying, if somebody says, are you a Christian? And you can respond, I'm trying. It's a great reminder that we are actually on a journey We're constantly moving towards that place. And when we say something like, I'm trying, it can interrupt the need for people to to compare the different brands that they've seen this play out in their life. And I hope that when we say, I'm trying, that we would actually constantly be opening up the Gospels to see, does our life look anything like Jesus if you, and you've probably heard it, but preach the gospel at all times when necessary, use words, right? Like that your life would be something so compelling that people would, would have to say that person is interested in Jesus. And so as we close, I want to take a moment um, because it can sound, even now, it can sound very much like when I, when I opened up and I said that Luke, Luke 18 was, was the, the Pharisee saying, I'm so glad I'm not like those people. That's such a temptation that we have in this, to look at everyone else and say, I'm so glad that when I say Christian, I mean this. And I'm not like those other people. I think we need to pause and say, Lord, what would you have me hold And what would you have me open up so that you could transform that? How are we being shaped? How are you moving towards Christ? And where might we be using the word Christian in our own lives to assign extra value to things, to market it? Because it's really hard when when I say the word Christian, and I mean somebody who will go out of their way for other people, be hospitable, be loving and gracious and pursue justice. But then there's also the the Christian label that's slapped on music and eagles and Metallica's horrible posters. Like there's something that I want to make sure that when we are at LBCF, that when people walk in here, that they experience Jesus not because of the stuff we have on the walls, but because they're approached by someone saying, come, come to the meal, come be with me. 
Because that's what Jesus did. He made wine out of water to extend the party so that he could be with people. He was so unconcerned with marketing that very often the marketing of Jesus turned half the people away. Their initial, their first response to him was often, I need to be away from him. And the, cl- the longer that they were with him, the more they understood the depth of his love and care and interest in who they were. That's what I want Christian to mean for me. It's not something that would close down the conversation, but one that would open it for us with the people that we live, work, and play, with those people. And so let's take a moment as I pray, and I want you to hold open your hands. And we'll pray, Lord, would you, would you show us how to be open-handed with these titles, with these things that we assign to ourselves, Lord, that, that when we use the word Christian, that we would, we would never let it wander far from needing to pursue a life that looks like you. That we would never use it as some way of judging other people or making excuses for ourselves, but we would allow it to shape us. Lord, would you show us places that we've entered into judgment for other people. Lord, thank you for your word so that we can know what your life was like, so that we can look at you, so that we could be formed by you and be unconcerned with what title gets placed on on us so long as we are living like you. Help us to be open-handed. Shape us, inform us. Let LBCF be a community that is known by its love. That it is known for not being so concerned with what words we use, but that we are actually living out your will. That we're known for how we live with each other. Form us into a community that can do that better each week. So now I'm going to invite my beautiful wife, Vanessa, to come up to lead us in some worship. And then uh, after that, we will have a closing. And then if you want to pray with anybody, if you have um, a need for that, um, we have a text line that if you wanted to text um, or if you want to pray in person, Gabby is here and she would love to pray with you. And would we leave this space with grace and love for each other, knowing that we are all trying. We're all trying to take that one step towards Christ's likeness each week. I'm so happy to be here with you. So.